0: Coming to you live from the Fuel 50 booth at the heart of HR tech, it's the Chad and Cheese podcast. We are diving deep into the world of HR technology, tackling workforce challenges with innovative solutions, and we'd like to give special thanks to Fuel 50, the science-based talent marketplace that bridges skills gaps, unlocks hidden potential, and supports better retention and engagement. Let's do this.
1: Yeah, what's up, everybody? Uh, uh. It is your poker dealer's favorite podcast, a.k.a. the Chad and Cheese podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman, joined as always, the Paris to my treasure island, Chad Sowash.
0: We are recording
1: live from the Fuel 50 booth at HR Tech in Las Vegas, and we are excited to welcome Taylor Weiss, technology investor at Peak Span Capital to the podcast. Taylor, what's up?
2: Hello. Hello. How are you guys? Relax. Thank you so much it's for okay. having me. It's okay. Relax.
1: <laughs> so our listeners probably don't know who you are. Thank you. Give us the Twitter bio. <laughs> Give us the elevator pitch. You get pitched all the time. I do Give get us your pitched pitch. all the time.
0: Yeah. So, tell us about Taylor, though. Long walks on the beach. You like hiking. I mean, wh- what's the inner Taylor look like? How did
2: you know? Wow. Uh, okay. No, uh, I'm a senior associate um, at Peaks Bank Capital uh-huh. in San Francisco. Doing this for a little over half a decade. In uh, investing growth stage software companies. Absolutely love it. Uh-huh. And I do love long walks on the beach with my dog. And oh, what's your dog's name? Osri. Yeah. Osri. Osri. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: How'd you come up with Osri? Osri. Yes. Let's How'd you get come up, up with Osri? Yeah. I
2: was in Bali. I actually used to live there. You were in Bali. I lived in Bali. Holy
0: shit. That's for awesome. For
2: a segment of my life, a very wow. short summer. And uh, there's a word in Balinese called ASRI, A-S-R-I. And it means a calming presence within nature nice. and a sort of happiness. And I put a U in there so that Americans would be able to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> and um, that's what I named my so dog. What
0: is what is the antithesis of of that? Because that's what
1: Joel is.
2: Okay. Um I be, don't know. Be
1: careful. We're just starting the interview. <laughs> be nice. Is he
2: mean to you like this all the time?
1: This is how this works. It's all good. I
2: thought it's you were the paris to his treasure island. What's going on here? I
1: know. I'm surprised. He'd like to see my treasure island. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> when in Vegas, Moving baby. On. Where are we?
1: I, I want to point out something for the kids. Yes. You said half a decade, which is a great way to make you sound more, yes. more experienced. Six years than yes, you are not five right. years. Half half a decade. So for the kids out there, that's much better than five years. I I love that I love that. I do love that. Good for you. Good for you. He's
2: six and a half, seven years, so
1: (laughs) which I'm sure as the technology investor being younger, talking to the young founders is a positive. So talk about your role as the technology investor at PeakSpan.
2: Yeah, no, it's wonderful to talk to younger founders. We have an amazing company um, that was started by some younger founders called Arist, who does learning, micro learning and the flow of work. And being a younger founder, being a younger investor, I absolutely lo- love it because you can really just understand exactly where they're coming from. You know what they're thinking and kind of where they came from and why they started these businesses. Um, but it, it's not always a positive because okay. when you're a young investor, <laughs> you're talking to folks who are a lot older, a lot more experienced. So it's... Uh, do you have
0: older versions of
1: yourself where you kind of play course. good... And is Ca- this on the founder or- side?
2: Absolutely, Chad. Yeah, okay. I definitely do.
1: See? <laughs> and this is on the founder side.
2: On the founder side for.
1: That are pitching you for capital.
2: Yeah, we have older founders. So, what's the, yeah, so founders. what's
1: the average age of a tech founder these days?
2: That is such a great question. And I haven't really thought about it. I've never gone into a meeting and thought, wow, this person is. Over the average Just roll, age roll of the a dice. founder, Give me a, give um, me
1: a ballpark, probably, eyeball. I would number. say,
2: yeah, mid okay. 30s, 40s. Okay. I would say I have seen a lot of younger founders within okay. the more recent years. Yeah. And I love it. I think folks are more empowered to start their businesses. Yes. At a younger age, people are dropping out of college and starting their businesses right after everything happened with Stanford, um, yeah. Harvard, um, Bill Gates all of that. So So
0: tell us what excites you most about talking to founders on a daily basis, because there are huge issues, huge problems that have been around for decades, centuries in some cases. What, What excites you about finding the solutions?
2: It's such a great question because there's so many things to be excited about. I think what I love about this job is getting up every single day, knowing that I get to go meet, talk to, and work with some of the most brilliant minds or the most brilliant future minds of technology that's going to be advancing the world as we see it today. So
0: what part of that excites you the most?
2: Oh, the eccentricity of all the founders, the um, constant drive. Talk to
0: me about solutions, though. All that stuff. They should all have that. But this
1: is interesting. She's really focused on the jockey but well, not is, the horse. Which
0: which I agree with 100% because I believe, personally,
1: and tell me what you think, that founders make the company. Yeah. Is it the jockey or the horse? Where do you, where do you stand on that?
2: I think in the beginning, it's definitely the jockey. It's the founder. Because that's really what you're backing in the beginning. You don't have much data yeah. to go off of. Once you've got some data, you've gotten some customers, you've gone through a few renewal cycles, then you're backing both of them. Uh-huh. When you're in the earlier stages like I am you have to make sure that you're backing the right founder. So that's where we're focusing on today. Of course, being in that emerging growth category, you're kind of getting to the stage of go-to-market mechanization where you will be backing the horse and the jockey. Um, but no, it's it's a great question. I'll go back to um, answering it. What am I excited about solutions? So we're at HR Tech. I am excited about finding companies that are able to give folks a career that they love and doing that in ways that hasn't been done before. Um, And I think that you can do that in so many different ways, right? You can leverage um, AI to really just push the envelope on understanding what skills are needed for a job. You can push on pay transparency Uh and make sure that your entire culture is being valued and being paid correctly and equitably. You can push on engaging your employees and retaining them and making sure that, you know, you're creating a place where people want to be. So there's multiple different segments of what people are doing to create a forever home and a forever career For folks like you, for folks like me, for folks like you, Um, that's what excites me.
0: So we talked earlier about like DNA, right? You want to try to like sequence the DNA, right? Which which I think a lot of companies have have tried over the years and they failed dramatically. How do you think we we get to the point where we can effectively find that DNA, that skills DNA, that culture DNA of that person, and then start to plug it in? Because I think that's a hell of a lot harder than actually mapping the genome <laughs> itself. Yeah, right?
2: yeah, exactly. So the the topic that he's talking about is in medicine, you can map the genome Uh and you know exactly what is there. And from knowing that, you know, it's good for you, you know, it's bad for you In your work and in your career, a lot of the time in a job description, it might not be the skills that are needed. Um, or in a career, it might not be what's best for you. Uh So if we're able to drill down into honestly, what are my skills? what aren't my skills? What could they be? And then from the other side, look at what does this job need? What are those skills? How can I develop that within talent? And how can I foster a culture and community that breeds transparency and happiness and engagement and continues in that flow forever? And so being able to execute on that Through technology is the question. How does that get solved? I don't know, but I think AI is going to be leveraged in there somewhere, 100%. And the way to do it is really understanding through honesty and transparency and equality.
0: I think honesty is the hard part, right? Honesty is the hard part. What candidates are honest? On their resume and through the interview, and what companies are honest and what they actually need, and if they're transparent, what their real culture is. So, is that really almost like the missing ingredient is honesty from both sides of the tracks? And if it is, how the hell do we get people to tell the truth? I have an answer for you. Okay. And I think it's come from Just
1: make sure it's truthful.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's this is this is the most open and honest and vulnerable I've, I've been. Uh, no, but I think the honest answer for you is before you get into your career, you're not honest because you don't know yourself, right? When you start to get into your career, you figure out what you like, what you don't like. It's like dating. You know, you date a few people, you figure out what you like, what you don't like. You find someone to marry, you settle down. Don't say Tinder for jobs.
0: Don't say Tinder for jobs.
2: (laughs) No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Please don't (laughs) associate my name with that. Um, But I think as you get into your career, you figure out what you like to do and what you're good at, and you're able to become more honest with yourself maybe two years, three years, four years, five years into your career. Uh What if we could push that into the education system when you're interviewing for jobs? So we could go to universities and we could push that, hey, you know what? Here's what you're good at. Here's what you're not good at. And have that life experience come a little bit earlier. And that honesty might therefore come a little bit earlier on both the applicant and the employer side. So I think just pushing that honesty earlier in that life cycle might be a way it could happen.
1: We we have a lot of companies that listen to our our show and a lot of startups who are looking to raise money, looking to get in, in front of people like you. What advice would you give them one in, in terms of how do I get in front of you and how should the conversation go when I do get the FaceTime?
2: How do you get in front of me? Man go for it. Just go for it. I really like to talk to everybody that I can. Yeah. That's why I'm sitting here with you guys cuz I just love talking, as you can tell. Um I think the best way to get in front of an investor is to be focused on what you're doing, know your product, be able to have your elevator pitch down in like 30 seconds, 2 minutes or 3 minutes, figure out which one you need to do. And when you do get in front of an investor, I think the most important thing is really just like I said before, just knowing exactly what you're trying to execute on, and yeah. know what you're not good at and what you're asking for.
1: So, uh, tips for a good deck that I show you. Give it. Give us some quick pointers.
2: Short, there uh, it is. easy to How understand.
1: <laughs> give us some context. One uh, slide, five, yeah. ten.
2: Look, I absolutely love a thick deck. That I can get into and it's really juicy and it gives me a lot of information and detail. But I also love a short one where I can understand <laughs> it really quickly. So if, if I have maybe a three to five page deck. Okay. That's wonderful. I think that's great. And,
0: and keep the juicy keep, deck for and later. Then,
2: <laughs> and then we can dive in. But I think a three to five page deck that is very focused. You're laughing at me.
1: No.
0: So we'll get some just Save me, Chad. About, Save this. We're both twelve-year-old kids. Yes. So, we're so here's the thing that that I think is interesting because you are not right, right? Your your funds are, are not right for certain uh, founders and, sure. and certain certain organizations. Uh, how do they? How do they know which? Organizations, which investors to actually you know approach because it, there are so many that are out there. How do they know? I mean, are, are you guys pretty forthright? Like, look, the, here's you have to meet these five bullets. If you meet these five, we're there. I, is is pretty much all investor investment firms like that or no? No, no. Okay,
2: I don't think that okay. all investment firms are like that. Okay, I think a lot of investment firms are looking for the same type of thing, which is high growth, um, high retention. Potentially profitability in the later stages. Yeah. I think what's most important to peak span is alignment with the entrepreneur. Okay. And knowing what firm to look for and who to talk to, I think comes with conversations with folks at the firm. And you will talk to PeakSpan and in one conversation, know who PeakSpan is, and you will know that this is the firm that's right for you or not. Should
0: that be the standard for for every founder that's out there so that they're not wasting their time with some investors? If they don't know from the first call, then it's probably not the one for them?
2: I think I can stand by that because at PeakSpan, within the first call, you will know. Within the first... 20, 30 minutes of talking to us if we're the right firm for you.
1: Gotcha. Taylor, thanks for hanging out with us in the Fuel 50 booth here. For our listeners that want to get in touch with you, maybe shoot you a juicy deck, where would you send them?
2: You can go to my LinkedIn or you can send it to my email, taylor at peaksfancapital.com.
1: Nice. This was fun, Chad.
2: Thank you so much for having me, guys. Of course. Thanks
1: for joining us. That's another one in the can from the Fuel 50 booth at HR Tech in Las Vegas. We out.
3: Thank you for listening to, what's it called? A podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible.